Welcome to Packet Pushers, the daily networking podcast that has enough gumption to get out of the house, put on some clothes and uh, even some pants, and turn up at the IETF 99 conference here in Prague. Thanks to Huawei for providing the financial support for us to be here. Uh, today, I am going to be talking about captive portals. So first, I'm going to get our guests to introduce themselves. Hi, Greg. It's, uh, I'm Dave Dolson. I work at Sandvine. And uh, I'm talking about captive portals because I've been involved with the captive portal working group. So captive portals is important to everybody because it's the Wi-Fi curse in it's, a way. It's the experience, that you, often the bad experience that you get when you yeah. join a, a Wi-Fi network. Yeah, and of course most people would know captive portals as the HTTP page. So when you used to access HTTP pages, they could be intercepted and then you right. could get a page and you'd give away, sign away your life, your firstborn, uh, your right to privacy and so forth. And of course, now that we've transitioned up to encrypted uh, protocols, captive portals are losing some of their ability to be transparent. Right. It's more difficult for them to notify the user that they that they want to uh, they want your attention. Mm. So, tell me about the Capport architecture. I'll put a link to the draft in the show notes. But tell me about what you've been doing here at the IETF this week. Okay. Well, this started uh, at the last IETF. Uh, we wanted to do wanted to get this working group moving, so we, uh, you know, Kyle LaRosa and I did uh, wanted to do hackathon. Mm. So we realized that it wasn't really clear what the working group was supposed to be doing. So we put up uh, what we thought the architecture was, and uh, as a draft, and tried to get some agreement on that. And then we we revised that after. So that's, this is the second IETF meeting that we've been talking about it. So, the archi- shall I go into details yeah, yeah. on the architecture? Give us an overview of how it works and what, you know, particularly interested in hearing about how you address the encryption problem. Sure. And how do you intercept? Because normally people are just going to something like my iPhone is just phoning home to Apple or whatever, and that's now all encrypted. So how do you suddenly pop up a captive portal? Well, that, that's right. I mean, that... Things like iPhones and Android devices are going to well-known locations um, repeatedly to try to see if they're behind a portal or not. Mm. Um, kind of behind the scenes, even if you don't open a browser. So, you know, we're coming from the basic principle is that we don't want, we don't think the network should be intercepting your traffic and changing it. Mm. Um, we say we need a solution that doesn't doesn't do that. Mm. Um, so, some portals also do it with DNS. We've been told. The change in your DNS responses to give you the portal's IP address instead, which causes some strange problems with DNS caching. Mm. So, to cut to the chase, we, uh, the the method that we think is uh, has got some legs is a new type of ICMP message, which kind of like you know, there currently there's an ICMP message for network unreachable. Yep, it would be something like that where the uh, Wi-Fi unit could send back an ICMP of captive portal here. Well, it, it's it's kind of like I, I can't, network unreachable. I can't send your packet mm. b- because you're behind a captive portal, and that but, would so, then invoke the captive portal. And that would invoke the device to go to the captive portal API. The ICMP, so I could imagine that the ICMP reply would also include the location of the portal. Or actually, we we didn't want that because mm. we think that that's uh, an attack vector. Yeah, that was just going to so, say. As soon as I said that, I went, "That's an attack vector." Right. So, I could send back. Right, and send them to a malicious website, and then inject code. So this leads us. So when you start with that line of reasoning, then you say, "Well, actually, we need the we need the device to know where the where the portal is to start with, and that leads to uh, delivering that information in the form of DHCP 
mm. or a router advertisement. And there's already an RFC for that. I think yeah. it's 7710, mm. um, which tells you how to put the, the portal URI in the DHCP. But um, we actually think it's that th- that talks about a web page that you should go to. We actually think it should be an API. Um, and after the last IETF meeting, um, it was pointed out that the provisioning domains yes. may be a useful way of conveying this. So I don't know if you've talked to about You might want to explain domains, what a provisioning domain is because I'm, I'm oh. not immediately familiar with that. Okay. Well, that's a complicated story as well. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of solved the problem of a device... Um, you know, connecting to multiple networks, you're on the, you're on a mobile network, and you encounter yeah. Wi-Fi, and maybe multiple Wi-Fis, and your mm-hmm. device wants to know which one to join. It can ask the network in the form of uh, a RESTful API, mm. tell me about this network. Right. right. So and then the gateway, a, the nearest could, gateway, can respond with some sort of data can, about yeah, data mm-hmm. about the network. And and I'm not the expert in this, but there's information like uh, the you know the name of the network. Um, there's Possibly some authentication as mm. well to make mm. it more. Am I allowed to use this network? No, I think more like, yeah. do I know for sure this is the uh, the airport network or yeah. versus someone there with a rogue? A, a rogue. A rogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, so there's it, a whole bunch of things you need to think of when you do those things. You end up with so one of the, mm. so I don't really want to go into too much into cap yeah. into the provisioning domains, but yeah. one of the things because it's, it's just a RESTful document, uh, sorry, a JSON document that would be returned. One of the mm. fields you can put in there is the captive portal information. Right. So there can be a field that says this is a captive portal network. You know, you need to go to this web page and, and before you can get out. Right. And it could also convey things like you've got an hour left. So, it, it, well, the thing is, if it, if it was an API, that means that the client could then pop its own page. That's right. So the operating system itself would have, or the Wi-Fi right. somewhere inside of the operating system. That's right. So you don't have to go to, to a, a web page. You don't have to redirect to a potentially malicious web page right. or something that's filled with ads or spam. Um, it could just be pop up a, a defined safe Operating system defined API call to represent the the, the login details. I believe. Yeah, that's as possible with the API. So we think that's that's possible. For now, we're still talking about sending the user to a web app interface, mm. right? Everybody so kind of expects it. We're not really. We're still. I, I don't think we can say anything about you know the quality of that or what whether you need to watch ads or not, but. Mm. Um, <laughs> But you know, the idea is even if you wherever there's a chance HD. to watch ads, there will be ads. And so, if you could write that out, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that a login needs to well, be paid for by ads, does it? <laughs> I think people say quid pro quo, right? When yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> um, so, right. So that gets so th- this solves the problem. So now we've we've solved the problem of the yeah. having to redirect your uh, HTTP, yeah. right? So if you're doing HTTPS. You know, or a BitTorrent or a voice call. You know, anytime that you're sending a packet to the network, hmm. there's now a way that ICMP message can be sent back to you. Right. To say, it could even be a, like a warning. You know, hmm. you're almost out of time, so you've got five minutes left. Or so this is this ICMP message is a trigger to go back to the API and yeah. and, and get the details. Now we haven't worked out what those details are. Yes. It's kind of the thing is that we stopped using ICMP a decade ago because it was being used maliciously um, and a lot of 
implementations block ICMP for various reasons. So we would actually have to selectively allow ICMP through to make this happen. You mean the operating systems blocking it? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of operating systems just well, by default will drop all, like your typical Mac will silently well, drop all incoming ICMP. Well, messages. receiving this is an operating system function, mm, yeah. right? Because the, it, it's it's really, it, it's a helpful mm. notice to the operating system that yeah. that you're behind a portal. Currently, operating systems are trying to deduce this by themselves by sending these periodic port 80 messages to mm-hmm. to to say, am I in a portal? Am I in a portal? Am I in a portal? So, yeah. I mean, treat it as a helpful hint. We're not going to mandate that yes. you have to receive these. Yeah, no, I was just thinking through the impacts a, of, you know, the, you know, ICMP redirects and ICMP, you know, was was much abused over the years for, for many purposes. Um, at one stage, we were using it for default gateway selection. Um, Right. You know, probing gateways and then being redirected to other gateways that were... Well, it, yeah, so in this case, it's been pointed out that these messages could be spoofed. Yes. But the way I look at it is the worst case is that it just causes you to go to the API again and say, what what's going on? Mm. So, and we could... I would suggest rate limiting those as well. So don't go to the API yeah, more would, than once. That so would even be if a feature I got, of the client would right. say, you know, if I'm getting... You would have to do something like, you know, if I'm getting three or four different captive portals on a given... You might even be getting thousands of them. Like, if you were in the well, middle of... Well, not for a given SSID, you wouldn't. For a give, I mean, you might an get, SSID get one for every only... packet, right? So. Well, if you've got an SSID and you've got two captive portals, then there's an error. You should only be one captive portal per SSID, I should think. You, you mean for um, the captive portal being the page? Yeah. 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 Well, but remember, all this ICMP message is telling you is go to the... API. Yeah. So, so yeah. Then it's up to the client to how many of those it wants to ignore, or how many times <laughs> a second it wants to like go to the. It comes down to this thing of trust. Ultimately, today when you connect to your Wi-Fi, you automatically trust every device connected to the Wi-Fi, unless you've got client isolation enabled. One of the forms of client isolation. Yeah, so, right. So we're not looking for the the yeah. client to trust the SMP. We're just looking for that to be a trigger. Yeah. And then and then trust the API. I yeah. think is what we're looking for. Right. And, you know, if you trust the router advertisements... Well, the thing is that when you do the portal, you're trusting the portal. So it's assumed that you trust right. the portal once you get redirected and you hit that page and you type in your... Right, and portals could be given certificates and... Yeah. and As per uh, the usual stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so it should be... Once the portal's popped up, it should be encrypted with an SSL right. and an appropriate level of certification. Right. So you can decide whether or not to give your hotel... Mm. web page, your room number, and your name. Yeah. Knowing that it's with yeah. quite good certainty that it is your hotel. Yeah, there's a physical aspect to that, yeah. Yeah. So that sort of thing. Right. So what do you... Um, so if people are listening to the show, listening to you talk about the captive portals, what are you looking for? Are you looking for them to come in and help review and add comments to this? Yeah, so there's a captive portal working group. Mm. We've... Uh, I believe we're going to do call for adoption for the API mm-hmm. paper, uh, the draft, um, and for the architecture draft. Sure. Um, I think that the ICMP needs some support yep. from people to uh, get... <laughs> Router vendors would have to, or mm-hmm. wireless vendors would have to, and operating system vendors, yeah. I mean, there, were, there wasn't as much support for this idea in the yeah. working group at mm-hmm. this time. Um, I, I'm still very fond of it. Yep. Because um, I don't want... I think there needs to be some signal from the mm-hmm. network to say that that uh, 
the, the captivity has occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to keep pushing on that. Yeah. And then. Okay. I mean, it's an interesting so, idea. Yeah. I just there's so many different ways that you can do things, and we've always just write, relied on HTTP redirect before, which, which was totally proprietary and mm. up to um, each cap, each, each, cap, each vendor, each vendor to implement creativity. And it took years for us to stabilize on that as an option. But as encryption increases, getting triggering an empty pa- like a HTTP page is harder and harder. Yeah, I've actually thought about just creating my own HTTP website just so I can have one. So you can have what? A, a basic unencrypted site that oh. I always know will be available. Okay. Yeah, well... Um, I, I figure there must be something out there. That's th- well, there are some, like uh, mm. Apple's got its own and and, yeah. and Google's got its own. Mm. And, and there are things like they, they know what result is supposed to come. Yes. And some of them are supposed to give an error and some of them are supposed to be successful. Right. But if they don't get what they expected, they know that it's been tampered. Cool. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to know more about this captive portal, I've put a link to the IETF draft. Um, in fact, what I've done is put a link to the architecture itself. Yeah. Is that and the best place to start? Or possibly the whole working group would be the working group pages as well. Okay. Let but, me, um, I will put a link to the entire working group so you can review all of the documents associated with this. Um, join the mailing list. And join the mailing list and uh, throw abuse no comments. Uh, useful advice. Um, valuable assistance. Yes, yes, you can send abuse to the, the HTTP working group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think this uh, just what strikes me about this is that yes, captive portals. We need to do something about them. And you're trying to get an idea up and running and yeah, get people on board. Yeah, that's we're, we're trying to get an idea up and running. I guess that's yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, David, for turning up and talking to me today. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening to Packet Pushers. As always, you can find out more about Packet Pushers and our many, many fine and free podcasts, which come to you several times a week, actually. And you can subscribe and get many more. We also have a membership system. If you'd like to see more about what we're doing there, just head over to packetpushers.net and find more. If you've got questions, queries, feedbacks, or criticisms, please send them to packetpushers at gmail.com. And as always, remember that too much networking would never be enough.